Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Raphael. To my Leonardo, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Outrageous. Yeah, and our, our very own Donatello. That's right, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you today? I don't know if I do machines, but I am handy with a uh, with a big wooden stick. And our very own Michelangelo. That's right, the radical youngster, the champion of the Seahawks Nest picks, picks pool. It's Augustine. Augustine, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm happy to be here, guys. All right. So Augustine was unstoppable in picks this year. I don't. If you don't are not a Patreon, you don't know. But every week we were just dismayed with uh, how how badly he was beating us. A tour de force, <laughs> if you will. Just just a just a. He took us behind the shed and whooped us. Uh, NFL up, picks, gunship diplomacy. I think. Okay. So going into the like the last week of the season, you had like a ten pick lead. And I think with three weeks to go, you were at twelve. So, so you had yeah. a huge lead for at the end of the season, and uh, just didn't really do anything to cough it up. What was the, what was you, your secret? At, at the rate I was going, I had you in like ten more weeks. That oh, you and I think it was Astro. You guys were you guys were like chomping at the bit trying to get at me, and I was getting kind of nervous in the past couple of weeks. I was like, "There's like a certain point where I'm going to make a bad pick, and it's just going to be all downhill from there." What was the what was the secret though? Did you uh, did you like find a a good resource? Did you just watch every game? Were you on NFL Game Rewind every week, just watching the tape? Or would, what was the what was the secret? I kind of just like I went through the list. I made my picks, and then I would actually go and listen to your guys' podcast, uh, like on the Patreon, and then I would just kind of see what you guys kind of said, and if I agreed or disagreed, I'd kind of just switch it up. But for the most part, like we had the same picks, and it was just like the odd one here and there that was right, and I just really just tried to limit risks and just kind of. Went with what I thought was right. Fair enough. I'm just going to warn you that I, I think I said it on the Patreon podcast. I spent more time writing the the Chris Berman jokes than thinking about <laughs> teams that aren't the Seahawks this year. It's so, true. It, At the end of the year, he was like, I can't do this anymore. It takes too much and I need to get better at picks. I, sp- <laughs> I, I was like, my picks are terrible now because I'm not watching as much football. But I did write a lot of really good one-liners. I mean, the jokes are, are the sole reason to listen to the podcast. You got to be there for the schlong. Right. See? That's what I'm saying. So I guess continue, I'll continue my bad picks because I'll give the, I give the people what they want, you know? So last, last week though, this is, this, that's a great transition, the pro professional level transition. Last week, okay. the Seahawks shined Sh- Shane Waldron while we were live recording. We decided to just throw the show notes in the trash and wing it a little bit. I thought, oh, we had a good conversation about it. This week, we've had a whole week to digest the Shane Waldron signing and the signing of the assistant offensive line coach uh, from the for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Anderson. Yeah, Andy to Dickerson. Come- Dickerson, yeah. Okay, Andy Dickerson to come in and be our uh, run game coordinator. So, Kevin, you've had a whole week to discuss Shane Waldron. What do you What do you think? What What is Shane Waldron? What are the pros, the cons? Um, I think that a couple statements from last week that I think still hold true is that systematically it's it's a it's a it's a shift a little bit and you'll I know you'll talk about that and that um it I still feel like it's either a 10 or a 2 like this is definitely a high ri- high risk high reward kind of signing do you, do you do those points still hold true for you or did you what did you see Yeah I'd agree with that I think something we talked about last week that holds true and is a is a pretty significant factor in that boom bust state is that we're talking about a guy who's never been a play caller and so we know that he can put together an offense, at least a passing offense, that is good on install. But what we don't know is what happens in-game. And coming off shoddy, that was one of the big problems was we felt like in-game adjustments and play calling were kind of his big issues. So we might be in for a bit of a of a Wait Wait a second. Shane Waldron said yesterday he's been training to be the sole play caller for his entire football career. 
And I don't know if I'm going to guess because he played college football. He probably played football when he was like eight or nine. And even back then, he must have been thinking, hey, I know I'm nine years old, but. (laughs) You know, you don't get into toughs without working for it your whole life to be a long snapper. Yeah, to be the long snapper. Eric, Eric, do you uh, do you trust uh, Waldron's ability to come in and be the play caller here? Or is that is that where you as well? This is not about Shane Waldron calling plays. This is do I trust Pete Carroll and. It's a two or a 10. Uh, this is exactly what you're talking about. It could go so far either way. I'll say this about Shane Waldron. Uh, the Rams were all about getting the ball out quickly, balancing that with their running attack. That is probably something that Pete Carroll wants, meaning he definitely wants a running attack and he really wants Russell Wilson to stop getting sacked and holding onto the ball so much. So do I trust Shane Waldron in that sense? Yeah, I do because it's what Pete wants. Now, last season, we saw um, the Seahawks lean on the run a little bit, and Shane Waldron came in his press conference today and said that he wanted to see that he wanted a more balanced offense, but that did not mean they were going to do a bunch of boring runs. And one of my primary concerns with Shane Waldron is is that his the run system that that the Rams ran is a pretty significant departure from the style of blocking that the Seahawks have run in the uh, Mike Solari era. Yeah, uh, in the Mike Solari era, we've run a lot of power. Uh, run schemes and and there's some zone stuff mixed in and stuff but it's more it's more leaning towards power and i think that that kind of pendulum is tending to shift the other way in the rams offense where it's a lot of uh zone runs and stuff like that so for me it's i like the idea that he's going to come in but here's my here's my question i was building up to this in in a really weird way but pete carroll wants to run the football obviously take care of the football and in his in his presser, he said the ball comes first. The ball is the most important, um, and part of for Pete taking care of the football means <laughs> running a million times. Is that what the offense is going to look like this year? Is Pete going to get his way? Is this going to be you know fifty percent running, or are they going to find are they going to take care of the ball a different way? You know, short, accurate passes, things like that. What do you guys think? More jet sweep. More jet sweep, no. Eric. You think? <laughs> Just you said you said it's a lot of different runs. I was like, he's bringing back the jet sweep. Here we go. How, how about this? Let's make a prediction. The Seahawks will they have more or less than fifty percent run plays next year? Well, actually, you know, what? let's go lower. More or less than forty-five percent run. Forty-five, fifty-five. I don't know what what it was this year. I'd have to look. If it you up. said if you said forty-eight percent, I would say less. How's that? So I, I think about forty-five percent run. Yeah, I think we're gonna probably run the ball between fifty-two or uh, pass the ball between fifty-two and fifty-five percent. Seems about right. Um, I think we're gonna see a heavy dose of play action. I think we're gonna see lots of shots down the field. It's what the uh, offense is designed to do. But I think we are gonna see a pretty heavy dose of running for a few reasons. Um, one of those is that you know if you look at the McVeigh Shanahan offense, they do run the ball quite a bit. So I think that's pretty inevitable for the style of offense. The other thing is, since so many things are predicated off of those um, pre-snap motions and the different looks, and uh, like it's what was one of the things that we got mad about this year? Shotty would dial up that uh, jet sweep action and never run the jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or they they still there's still this install in our offense where Russ will. Come the shotgun. By the way, we ran forty-two percent of the time last year. So, you guys are both predicting an increase in running from last year, but but uh, but Only like about high. four to five percent though. Okay, and Ka- Eric, you would agree with that? Yeah, 45? absolutely. Okay, all right. 
Um, I'm going to go with actually that it will be really close to that, like 42. I think we'll stick with that. That ratio will be pretty close. Um, but th- there's still this install in our offense where Russ does the the read option, but he never keeps it anymore, hardly ever. And the defense doesn't respect it at all. And if Russ starts keeping those, it, but if he's not going to keep those, that play should not be in our offensive playbook. And I, if Russ isn't a runner, maybe Russ doesn't see himself as a runner anymore. I'm not 100% sure about that. Like maybe he's just graduated. He's he's now he's um he's got his fried chicken uh, perfume and he's got his uh, diaper brand and he's got let Russ cook merch at Safeway and whatever whatever other stuff he's got. Recovery he, water doesn't need to. Oh, doesn't he have a football shaped bread? bread? Eat the bread. Yeah. Yeah. Eat the balls. It was eat the ball. Eat the ball. It is eat the ball. <laughs> you eat the oh, ball, it's so close, man. So, Anywho, <laughs> so so yeah, maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to run as much anymore. At least not on designed runs. So for because he's getting older and he doesn't move as fast. I mean, that's yeah, the he's, sad truth, man. You know what though? But he stopped what? eating yogurt, and I thought that like that when he's. <laughs> Do you guys remember that when he got his new diet and he stopped? It, one of the things he could not eat anymore was yogurt. Here's the thing, uh, though. What Shane Waldron's going to do is he's going to sit them down sometime in this this spring. They're going to sit down and watch some game tape of Jared Goff. And he's going to go, you know, Russ, I know, you know, your knees may be a little creakier. You know, I know you I know you keep yourself in good shape, but I, I know you get a little bit older. But do you see that goofy looking guy who looks like a newborn giraffe trying to scramble? Are you telling me you can't do that? And then Russ is going to be like. I got chicken sandwich perfume. I can do anything. You can do anything. And right. he's gonna be and he's gonna be willing to do it a few times just because it works within the flow of the offense. You know, I think Russ had to think at a certain point about how many hits he was taking and how he was taking those hits. But if you look at the way that it's designed within that offense, these are really safe runs. And he's been willing to like, you know, trot out to pick up six yards and then slide. I think like the one thing that Russ has to do a little bit more or like he has to lean away from the scramble type of run and go towards more of the design run where he's just picking up maybe six or nine yards and then sliding down right as he like is so good at doing to kind of just avoid like those like really awkward like 180 degree spins like 15 yards into the backfield and then a sack instead of just tucking it running and then taking the dive. Yeah, well, you have it. those like three read boot actions in this offense that McVeigh runs with like the Yankee flood concept where everything's going to the right or going to the left. And that's basically set up for him to just trot out there because if the linebacker picks up the guy in the flats, he's just got wide open turf. Yeah, I agree with Augustine. I mean, if he, if he needs to take five free yards on those runs and just make them respect that it's going to happen on a read option play or on, a, on these bootleg plays so that they have to commit a guy closer to the line. Because if yeah. he just sits there and he just waits and waits and waits, they don't have to commit a guy close to the line. They can stay back in their cover two shell, and it makes it more difficult for us. All right, I'm going to start with you, Augustine, on this next one. Matt Stafford, traded to the Rams. Are you scared or do you care at all? I, I do not care as long as Deshaun Watson stays out of the NFC West. That's the right. only thing that matters. I, Stafford is a big step up from goof. I'm not going to I'm not gonna like pretend like he's not. Um, they're going from a quarterback that is about the war, I think close to the worst in the league or in that bottom tier and uh, to one that I think is, is pretty solid. You know, jo- 
Stafford has perennially been both over and underrated. There was a stretch where he was getting 5,000, chinging up 5,000 yards every season. And I think people thought he was really great. And then there, now there's a stretch where he hasn't been doing that. And people think he oh. sucks He's somewhere in between those two extremes. Right. Yeah. But uh, I think the thing is, is that like we, the Seahawks always seem to lose one game to the Rams and win the other. And I don't think that's going to change at all. And like, I think we're going to lose that game with Jared Goff there. And I think we're going to lose that game with Matthew Stafford there. So it just, it really doesn't matter. And it's just going to be like a neutral thing for the Seahawks. It may suck a little bit more for like the 49ers than it would for us. So next, next year, Kevin, to continue this, this on next year, Kevin, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff combined will be paid $40 million by the Rams. And if, if, <laughs> if, uh, if Stafford restructures, it's a pretty simple restructure. They can get it down to like 33. If this, they're going to pay Stafford, let's just say this, they're paying Stafford $33 million next year. Then they're paying another $50 million to Donald and to Jalen Ramsey. So now between these three guys, we're over halfway done with our cap room. Is that too much for the Rams to to overtake? Like, are they, is there any possibility that they could still be good? I think it's a really big problem. They basically pried open a one-year window because after that, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Like, they have a lot of cap committed to a handful of players. They have some big issues, and their defense is going to take a step back next year. They lost a good coordinator who went off to become the head coach at uh, of the L.A. Chargers. They um, dealt away a couple of first-round picks in the future, as well as their current first-round pick that was already dealt away to Jacksonville. Um, they've gotten rid of a lot of their ways of improving their roster. They've dropped a lot of their flexibility, and they're in a situation where their linebackers are kind of garbage. Their best edge pass rusher in Leonard Floyd's a free agent, and they don't have any money for him. One of their starting safeties is a free agent, and they don't have any money for him. They're starting slot corners a free agent, and they don't have any money for him. They're, they're down Their to all left the DFAs. Tackle is ninety years old, and they don't have any answer for that. Yeah. They're, their their roster will be worse next year. There's no doubt about it. it. But the thing is, is can the step up from Goff to Stafford uh, kind of mitigate that difference? And the thing is, is that they were probably screwed anyway, like cap wise. So this move is is kind of a wash for them, right? They we're getting close, yeah. And they were they were not gonna. It wasn't like they were gonna be able to be much better than they were. This was one of the few ways they could really improve their roster through trading. And I I think it was kind of clever. I think it was a clever move by them to kind of stay relevant for another year where next year, I think with Goff, they're, they're irrelevant. They're nine and seven or eight and eight. They're already missing their first round pick because that that's the thing is they're missing first round picks already from a bunch of other trades. Yeah. And (laughs) their last first round pick was Jared Goff. Yeah. Well, Goff wasn't, uh, he wasn't getting marketably, marketably better every single year. There wasn't even a small increase. This year, I felt like with McVay being able to yell to him, as we made that joke every time they played, uh, it, it seemed like maybe he was kind of turning a corner. But did he in the playoffs? No. So uh, I like what Kevin said. They they pried a, a window open for one year. And uh, boy, what a big year it will be for them. I think it'll be really interesting to see if uh, McVay's playbook opens up a little bit with a quarterback that's not Jared Goof, like to see if there's stuff that he couldn't do with him and that Stafford can do. Right, because he's wasting all his time reading the defense for his quarterback as opposed to like actually calling the game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Stafford's just a very, Stafford's a very natural thrower of the football. Like that that dude can sling it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it out. And they're still going to have Cooper Cup. They're still going to have uh, Robert Woods. They're still going to have. Um, 
the McVeigh scheming it up. They're gonna have a uh, Acres in year two, who's really good. That tight end's name, the the one that's uh, oh, Higby. We talk Higby. about him every week. Big beast, big <laughs> beast. Okay, all right. So over the last couple of weeks, we have um, we've gone over our roster moves. Uh, first week, you guys had to make some tough decisions about uh, players to restructure. Then you had to decide, make some tough decisions on our uh, free agents slash restricted free agents. Now, free agency's here. All right, you've got um, and. Kevin, me, me and Kevin kind of had a little sidebar conversation last week about like, you know, hey, does that extra money include um, two million for draft picks or not? But it doesn't really matter because the Seahawks always leave the draft with two million dollars for to to steal UDFAs off of other teams. It's like a tradition unlike any other. The yeah, Masters, those little, like training or we like sign a really fat guy in week one. Right. You gotta 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 get your Brian Monets, your uh, Justin Coleman's, your best shape of his life, Jacob Hollisters, Al Woods. These guys always are good too. I'm glad that they do it because they find a way to pick up guys for very cheap that are very effective football players. Using a great job of both being a meme and being effective. Like I I respect that. So so yeah. So I'm not worried about whether this includes that money. Is basically what I'm saying because they're 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 going to leave a couple extra million in the bank anyway. So okay, Kevin, you have five, about five million dollars left for free agents, and then a, you get to pick one player, one position you want, and then I will give you a player at that position. So what what positions are you thinking about looking at? Like what what kind of players are you looking at with your with your five million dollar? Ooh, big spender, five million dollars in free agent money. Let's see, five million dollars to spend on free agents. I'd be looking at probably. You need um, you need defensive linemen. Very I would say, I would say interior <laughs> defensive line is uh, a place you can spend five million dollars to actually get a real player. Hey, you want, do you want this five million dollars? I'll give you Nadam Kong Su. Yeah. I All right, Kev, Kevin has Ndamukong Kansu now. Do you want that as your as your uh, as your your freebie player, or just yeah? Actually, you know what? It probably doesn't matter. They're both five million dollars. Yep. Um, okay. Nanu Kong Su. All right, Eric, you have ten million dollars. You can you have a little. You can splash the cash a little bit. What are you What are you thinking? What position are you looking at? Well, I'm looking to manufacture some pass rush. So I would like an edge. I would also look at you know maybe that Dominican Sue action. Do you want to spend all of your money on one player, or would you like to spread it out a little bit? Well, if you're making me choose, then. I got some options for you. If you I would wanna... really like to get two bodies in here. It would help fill out the roster and uh, with your ten million, or do you want to just use like you know get one guy with your ten million and another guy with your uh, five million freebie? Uh, you know what? Let's go. Uh, let's go big money and a f- and a small freebie. Okay, so you can have Melvin Ingram for your ten million dollars. Oh, Melvin really? Ingram, the third from the Chargers, at two years, twenty million with sixteen million in guarantees. You also could pick up Alden Smith at two sixteen. With ten million in guarantees, oh, that Alden uh, Smith just feels like a Seahawks move. I kind of redemption story, yeah. And I also circled Melvin Ingram as a uh, as a guy early and was like, I don't know, he's getting a little older. You know what, Alden Smith, let's right. get him. Okay, so you have two million dollars left over. You want to you want to pick up a, a running back or something, or would you want to get like <laughs> try to find one? There's running backs available for very cheap. You know, That's I would is- if you think I could get one for two point five, I would be interested in a running back. All right, well. The running back you can get for two and a half million is Mike Davis. Dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not bad at anything. He's he's not he bad. Knows, he knows the offense. You think we can get Chris Carson in a few years? <laughs> Chris Carson, I got down for three nine or for three twenty seven nine yeah, million a he's year. He's going to go for more than that. Um, let's uh, let's pass on running back. 
how's our long your, snapper looking? Maybe you can use your five, maybe you can use your five million dollar player for for a running back. Right? Honestly, hey, give me a give me a cornerback. Give me give me a cornerback. Some cornerback. Oh, action. you you need a you guys need cornerbacks bad, but I'm assuming Kevin will address this in the draft. Uh, well, Kevin actually resigned uh, Shaquille, so <laughs> I also know how the Seahawks do in the draft, so that's why I'm asking for a free you agent. You can get Nickel Roby Coleman. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want an outside corner? Yes, for this cheap. All right. Uh, I mean, I know it's going to be scary, but yeah, I'm ready. I was going to say, um, do you want Mackenzie Alexander? Do I? I don't really. I don't know if want is the word. Nickel, Nickel Roby Coleman. I feel like. Uh, Gary and Conley redemption. <laughs> I got to be honest. That's I probably better. Gary, Gary and Conley sucks. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like he's. He plays a lot of man. He he plays a lot of man, and he does best in man coverage. So maybe it's a, a work. All right, I'm giving you Gary and Conley. Sure. All right. Works. Sure. Fine. Okay, and then uh, now five million dollar player, uh, filling filling up filling a hole. This is the 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 Seahawks have magically created some cap space for you, um, Kevin. What do you want? What hold do you want? Anyway, um, let's see. So two places I'm looking at because I feel like free agency on interior offensive line is not pretty. So it gets, it gets bad fast. It does. So I'm actually looking at two position groups, um, one to help the offense. And one to help the defense. So uh, I'm looking at tight end. Okay. And I'm wondering if uh, I could sneak uh, Gerald Everett in there. You can sneak Gerald Everett at three three years, $15 million. Gerald Everett is the tight end you would have got. Or Jared Cook. I was going to give you a choice. Okay. To- I'll take the one that's not 3,000 years old. Come on. Jared Cook's so cool, though. Yeah, he All is right. really cool. He's so old. And we did that last year, and that went poorly. Yeah, okay. Or- <laughs> I'm looking at corner and wondering if we can continue to steal everything from the Rams and get Troy Hill. Uh, you can get Troy Hill. Yes. I actually was going to offer you Quentin Dunbar, though, if, in, just in the blind for 210. Uh, I would rather have Troy Hill than Quentin Dunbar because Troy Hill actually plays games. <laughs> uh, do you, so who do you want? Do you want Troy Hill or do you want Gerald Everett? Uh, I'm going to take Troy Hill. I think corner is harder to address this year in the draft, and that gives me a guy that can come in there and – kind of um whoever wins between him and dj reed i'll feel like i have a good number two and number three and, corner and we saw this last year the seahawks strategy might be to free up about 15 20 million in cap room and sign three or four different guys for five yep. million each that's actually seems to be the to go. day going and so the fact that you guys are using this kind of as your roster construction strategy is uh it's not super surprising all right uh eric you got five million dollar player. Are you go, who? What position you want to address? So I, I said earlier I would really like to go cornerback, and I got that that excellent player you got me. Um, Kevin Kevin had a, a really good savvy pick up there. I don't want to take that. I would like to address the. Please say running back. I want you to say running back so bad, just so I can say the player. I would like to say the running back at a larger uh, at a larger <laughs> bank role, five million. Come at me. Your running back that you can get for five million dollars. Don't make me regret this because I wanted to say this before you lured me in. What is it? Le'Veon Bell. (sighs) (laughs) I am two years, ten million with with only five million guaranteed. The second year is he's not even thirty yet. I'm kind. I'm so mad at you, but I'm also super intrigued, and I'm (laughs) just on the right side of thirty. Augustine, what do you think of Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, what do you think, Augustine? What do you think Um, of Le'Veon Bell? I'm kind of in the same boat as your guys. He's like, whatever. He's a middle of the road kind of running back who was behind a really good Steelers offensive line in his years there and a really good offensive uh, scheme. 
So he's just kind of a guy. But like now he's getting into the McVeigh scheme, you know, like the the Waldron the Waldron train leaving the station. I, I think his football career is on the same trajectory as his rap career, and that's about dead even. Oh, Ouch. No. Uh, so if if only one of you guys would have is, is Lev Bell actually better than Mike Davis? Uh, I think Ooh. they. I actually think so. Yes, is Madden I think Le'Veon, better. Le'Veon Bell is a really good pass catcher. That is underrated. And if behind the the right offensive line, I do think Le'Veon Bell still has a lot of juice. I I think Le'Veon Bell is better than Mike Davis. Um, is he a lot better? No, I I just don't think there's any markets going to materialize for Mike Davis. Does that make sense? Like he's he's just kind of. Out he's, there. he's the he's the essence of a complimentary back yeah all right uh do you want to address a different position eric do you want uh you know give me give me an, give right. me a pass rusher another pass rusher another one let's go let's interior go. Or ex- interior or exterior uh, i know the no i already know the interiors give me give me your second exterior let's just go and crazy a five million dollar exterior guy you can get romeo aquara from the Detroit Lions. I know him. I don't like I don't I don't hate it. I don't like the pick. <laughs> he is not yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lopora, uh he's he's just a guy. He is he, he had thanks, a really yeah. good he had a really good half season to finish out last year. Oh, he's gonna have a game where he gives you like one Eric, and a half sacks. Eric, he's just a boy standing in front of a fake GM asking you to love him. I'm not going to lie. I do think that in this market, Alden Smith might represent the most extreme like possible value at, at defensive end because this it's going to be tough. A lot of teams don't have very much cap room, so some guys are going to go more budget than than people expect and a guy like him going for around 8 million is does represent really nice value. Do you want to go back in time and go Mike Davis and then try to get uh, one of these cornerbacks. Is no, that, is that I, 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 that's probably what I want to do, just because the cornerbacks are better. Uh, since we're not going to c- revisit this, I don't think. What's not your Patrick? My Patrick Peterson. I'll just give him to you because he sucks. Sure. <laughs> uh, what's your What's your wide receiver for five million? Oh, ooh, I like this. I like your outside the box yeah. thinking. Because like, that's hey, what you have to do right now. You got to picking up the third wide receiver. You can. There's a bunch of them. You can get Keelan Cole. Okay. Danny Amendola, Rashard Higgins. Danny Amendola is a gym rat. Nelson Aguilar. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ag- Aguilar? Is Gerald Jackson coming back? Uh, yeah, that's uh, all right. What's next? Let's uh, let's pass through this. <laughs> Eric doesn't like any of these players. Danny Amendola okay. would be fine. Not for $5 million, at like $2 million like, how million. Do oh, do you want a quarterback? Like a backup quarterback? Uh, you no, Ty, Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, you have Ty, Tyrod you Taylor. Why would we get a quarterback when we're just going to trade a six-round pick for one we'll never use? Like, wait, oh, is it Tyrod or is it Tarod? It's, a, it's Tarod. Tyrod is what I used to say. Did you want to go the tight end route and take uh, Gerald Everett? I, you want to? I feel like I'm just. Austin? I'm taking the. Uh, I'm taking the cornerback option that we already talked about. I'm taking Alden Smith. And uh, then I'm going to trade everyone for draft capital so we can have a good team in 2022. Like wait, Kelvin, you can have Kelvin Beecham. You want Kelvin Beecham at offensive tackle since That's, no one said offensive tackle. Uh, <laughs> Kelvin Beecham is actually kind of mediocre. You know, honest, 
honestly, uh, I'd like to save that for if uh, we have an injury on the All line. Right, I'm just giving you Le'Veon Bell. Moving I feel like that's life. fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, now, here's the thing. You guys have both have constructed, a, I think, pretty decent rosters. Now, you can. Sh- I'm going to give you the opportunity. You can tell me uh, one player you want to trade, and this is going to be hard for me because I didn't prepare every single player on the roster, uh, and I will make up a trade on the spot that you, <laughs> that you guys can, can trade for that player. But like I said, if you pick a player that sucks too much, I will just tell you you get you can have a, like a seventh conditional seventh rounder or something. All like right, that. Augustine, you have the stealth goal of playing stump the truck with the player that you think Nathan is least prepared to give you a value. For. Yeah, well, go ahead. Tell me, tell me, tell me who, tell me who, who you want to trade, Augustine. Who I would want to trade? To get a yeah. pick. For. To, to get uh, a pick. To get a pick. Um, oh, can I come, can can I come back, back to me? Or or I can do that. All right. Yeah. Okay. You can come, come back. You can go last. You can go last. Yeah. All right. Okay. Kevin. Kevin, you want to trade someone to get a pick? Uh, you don't have to. You could say no. That is a perfect, and you could, you know, you just say like, "We don't." I'm good with the roster as stands. Um, let me take a look through this real quick. Eric, do you have a idea right away of who you'd like to? Trade? <laughs> no, no, I'm, okay. I'm just looking for draft capital at the well, most. Well, then this stall tactic is not working very well. Okay, I, I, I think I got one now. Go ahead. Uh, 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 the one guy who, who's shown a lot of promise in our secondary, uh, Marquise Blair. Marquise Blair, you can have a fifth round pick for Marquise Blair. What do we draft? We draft him in the third, correct? Correct. Yeah. But they becoming, oh no, we draft him in the second, but coming off the injury, uh, full season IR, he just doesn't have the, the value like he, like he should, you know? So he's, he's good for a fifth rounder. Do you want a fifth rounder? Or do you want Marquise Blair? I'd take Marquise Blair. Yeah, I think so too. I think that the depth piece is worth it, even though he's definitely not starting uh, or really even appearing in very many games, I don't think. Well, I think it was like the first game of the year this season where he was like, oh, like that's a thing. Like our secondary has like some talent, some depth. And then he just kind of blew out his knee or whatever, and it just didn't go well. Tough, super tough. Yeah, coming off the injury. It's hard to trade guys coming off of injuries too. That, I mean, Blair has shown flashes, but he's never really. If he had like a great full season under his belt, you might be able to get you know the third, the second rounder out of him. But yeah, yeah, it's just it's not there. All right, uh, Eric, Kevin, you guys got any? All ideas? right, I'm, I've got a big idea and a small idea. So let's see what you'll give me for it. Um, going big or going home with DeKalen Metcalf. DK oh. Metcalf. I am very prepared for DK Metcalf. Do you know what? Do you know what you can get for DK Metcalf, Kevin? Probably close to the Amari Cooper deal. Uh, well, the Baltimore Ravens are very interested in uh in in DK Metcalf. They really they are like, oh my goodness, um, we want DK Metcalf so bad, we will give you a first and a fourth because they don't have a third round pick. I would have done first and third, but they don't have a third round pick. We'll give you a first and a fourth and a fourth next year. Uh, I can't do it for that. I, I do think first and a third is the right amount. Um, yep. Like a like a like a towards the end of the round first, and then a third. But they have the first and two fourths because they don't have a third. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to pass on that. Okay. I'd want okay. a little bit better value for him. I do. You want, what's your what's your uh, what's your uh, what's your low low uh, trade offer? Okay, so I have a guy who somebody might view as a potential step in player. Um, at middle linebacker in mm-hmm. Cody Barton. Cody Barton, you can get a fourth round pick for him. I would do wow. a Cody Barton for a fourth. Yeah, I think that he's held most of his value. There's no reason to think that he should have dropped much from his third round valuation. I think fourth or fifth is fair. I mean, it's it's there. So Kevin has traded Cody Barton for an extra fourth round pick. All right, Eric, what are you thinking? 
Uh, just because I'm curious if you did the research, what can I get for Dwayne Brown? What can you get for Dwayne Brown? You can get a fifth round pick. That's a pass. He's old. He's old. He's in the last year of his contract. Because you didn't extend him. But in such a (laughs) valuable position. Yeah, I mean, it is valuable, but someone's going to have to pay him like, uh, what is it? Like They have to have all the open cap space to give him. You're not going to get more for him than what uh, Washington got for Trent Williams is kind of what's capping you there. Yeah, it's and he's expensive and old. And if he, if Dwayne Brown was 25 instead of 35, then you're getting multiple first, my friend. Just really Cody Barton. That's a that's a great that's a great move. It's a savvy move. If you can really get a fourth rounder, I would do that all day. Hey, just curious. What would you uh, what would I what would I get for Quandre Diggs? Quandre Diggs? Yeah. Quandre Diggs, you're getting a third round pick. Oh, that's better than the fifth that we traded for him. Man, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to take that. If I'm, because I'm the way I'm doing the roster. In case anyone's forgetting, we are Russell Wilson and a bunch of dudes next year, and we come back in 2022, younger, faster, better, stronger. What is Quandre Diggs going to be in 2022? Uh, still still really good at football like he still, is now are, are you sure are you <laughs> all right sure? fine you could trade quandary digs it's fine I'm i, I'm I'm I do think it. that fans should mentally prepare themselves for your low-key favorite your you know your favorite yes. secret guy on the roster to get traded because the seahawks are not they're not gonna only pick four times in the draft i agree or, i totally agree have. So, so just I think make- one of you guys already traded him, but what would you get for Tyler Lockett? Because you'd clear up almost $13 million in yeah. cap if you traded actually, him away. Actually, they both said no. They both restructured, but I but said you could. I remember what you offered, though. It was a late first, yeah. It I was, think, like, it the was Ra- Green Bay Packers. Packers. Green Bay's first. Packers, Green Bay's first, Packers first, uh, Ravens first. Those, some kind of late first would, would be, I think, the range for, for Tyler right now. Yeah, I'd take that. Because then, like, knowing John Schneider, he'd just trade down and then make a whole mess ton of picks out of it i think tyler is i think one of the best candidates for that which is why i kind of brought him up up front it's just and he has value he's very good at football and he's he's on a really reasonable contract on a really reasonable deal right that that spans multiple years um the problem is tyler lockett is a really good fit for the what the rams do he's there that's what i was about to say it'd be a cooper cup yeah Yeah, that's that's my issue with that is that i he is a he's Russell's hitching post right now, you know, like Russ leans on him hard. And then B, like you just said, great fit for the new offense. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but but yeah, I think Tyler Luckett is a reasonable trade target. DK is a reasonable trade. Maybe you can get two first for DK. Um, depends on the team, how desperate they are. DK's re- deal is really reasonable. I do think it's possible you could get two first for DK. Good for I just wide receiver class. Though. I just, uh, yeah, I, I wonder with how many free agent wide receivers there are teams it's the contract though. The contract is still good. He's on his rookie deal still. Mm-hmm. He seemed incredibly dissatisfied this offseason so far. He's kind of buried Pete in the press. Um, but these are the guys that are free agents this year. And and not all of them are going to be able to get super paid because there's teams are close to the, the caps going down. So some of these guys are going to get get left out with worse deals. Godwin, Robinson, Galladay, Fuller, Smith Schuster, Davis, Antonio Brown, TY Hilton. These are all very good wide receivers. Uh I mean that's that's a lot of that's a lot of juice out there. It it might hurt value just in trades and stuff like that. Um, 
I don't know. I think with DK, uh, like with in regards to like trading him, I really wouldn't be surprised if we write out his rookie contract. And if things don't change with the team in terms of like his production overall, I really wouldn't be surprised if there's like a tag and trade at the end of his rookie deal. Yeah, I can see that too. Like just getting yeah. getting a, like a second rounder in a tag and trade kind of thing. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, let's let's head into it then. Now we are ready to do our props. So the reason I guess it's here is that the winner of the picks competition gets to come in and do an episode with us, and specifically because they are the guru of gambling, the wizard of wagering. Uh, they they get they're going to help us with the props. So here we go. I've got ten props of of each type. Yeah, I called one of them game bets because you know that's a uh, that's bets about the game, and one of them weird bets because that's the bets about the weird the thing that sucks is one of my one of my props got burned today because there was a okay so there was a, an ad campaign starting called flat matthew and uh pringles <laughs> had been vague tweeting about it just hashtag flat matthew and so the question was who is flat matthew you know is it matt damon is it matthew mcconaughey is it matt stafford like who uh, is wait, flat matthew i don't know who it is can i take a guess go for it it's a flat chip uh okay it's they released the commercial today. It is Matthew McConaughey. So, mm. so that's the thing that sucks is like that that prop got burned. You know, I was I was so excited to talk about Flat Matthew with you guys, and then talk about why it might be Flat Matthew Stafford against the Seahawks next year. Make that joke, and <laughs> now it's just everything is everything's shitty now. Okay, anyway, uh, let's start with the. Op- <laughs> Um, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to score this as if you placed a $10 bet on each of these, the winner will be the person with the most money. Uh, if the odds were not listed on the sheet, it is minus one fifteen for both or minus one ten for both sides. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. Um, opening kickoff. Is it a touchback? Yes. Minus two twenty. No plus one ninety. And let me tell you why this bet is great because it's over in the first like minute of the game. <laughs> so, so you, you get one, you get to ching one up on the board, uh, Right away. Okay. It's like the national anthem bet. Oh, that that's coming. Don't worry. Oh, of course it, it is. <laughs> uh, opening kickoff a touchback. Augustine, what do you think? Uh, it's going to be a touchback. All right. Kevin. Easy money. Like, what do you think? Touchback, Kevin. Oh, uh, I'm taking yes on that. Uh, both the kickers are over 75 percent touchbacks on kickoffs. Ooh, look at that research. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Eric. Yeah, man. It's uh, every single Super Bowl first kick. Yeah, I'm going yes as well. Um, all right. Uh, so touchback. Now you said it's easy money. Minus two twenty, though you got to lay a little bit uh, on the line there. All right, K- first score, first score. KC minus one thirty, Tampa Bay plus one ten. Augustine, what do you think? Uh, I really think it's going to come down to whoever wins the coin toss, but I'll go can- uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay to get taking the odds. I like it. Taking a little extra for it, Kevin. Uh, I'm also going to take Tampa for the same reason. I think it comes down whichever one. Uh, Gets the opening kickoff, so it's literally a coin flip. Eric? I'm taking Kansas City, but if I can add a little prop action, I believe it will be a field goal. All right. And you can you can bet on that. I just didn't want to get that complex with it. And then I also am taking Kansas City because I think they're just a better football team. All right. First touchdown scorer. So all I got to do is give me a name here. Um, I sent you guys the odds sheet before. I'll just mention the odds of uh, the player that you picked. But uh, Augustine, when you looked it over, did anything pop out to you? Or do you have a player uh, in mind? Uh, definitely not Tom Brady. Um, but I kind of just think that this player will kind of... I don't think Tom Brady is going to run it in. Tom Brady sneak, man. That's like the that's like the play. You know, he's done it so many times, right? Tom Brady from the one, he just he finds that wedge and he f- shoots forward with his grandpa grandpa uh joints and his his vegan diet 
no, no, I think it's going to be the other white guy. I think it's going to be Scotty Miller. I think everyone else is just going to be focused on everyone else, like Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin. And then it's just going to, there's Scotty Miller down the little seam route, and it's just going to be easy touchdown. Scotty Miller, 18 to 1. Love it. All right, Kevin, who you got? Okay, so um, I was tempted to go with Clyde Edwards Elair just because I feel like you have both the run and pass opportunity on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that he works inside that offense is pretty good. The problem with that is they got three running backs and they give them all touches. Yep. And so there's a chance he's just not on the field when it comes down to that point. So I'm going to go ahead and part of my strategy here is to split my odds off the first score. Okay, so you're going to go the other way. You're going to pick a Kansas, Kansas City player. Because I have a shot if Tampa gets a field goal and then Kansas City gets a touchdown. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, well. yeah. So I'm going to go, so because I'm like, because I'm splitting the odds, I'm going to go with one of the more likely people. And I'm going to say Tyree Kill gets loose because I don't think their secondary is good against really fast guys. All right, Eric, what do you think? I was, I was like sweating bullets for <laughs> a dumb reason. I was like, Kevin, don't take my guy. Because if there's one you person, the guy. <laughs> no, 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 because I, I got this, I've done a lot of, <laughs> I've done a, done a lot of digging oh. on this and oh, it's Jesus. the Super Bowl. So who else would score but the number one receiver in the Super Bowl this year? It's going to be me, Cole Hardman. Oh, okay. Because, I like it. because it's not a big name. It's always a guy that's like, oh, yeah, that guy's good. Of course he went off at the Super Bowl. But he's it's not so a guy. His name? 15 to 1, uh, me, Cole Hardman. Now, the thing that the sneaky players pick the field, you know, go for a defensive touchdown. You can uh, try to do that. I'm going to go with Clown Tony O'Brown. Uh just kidding. Uh, Kansas City is definitely going to score a touchdown on the opening drive. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. I'm just gonna go with Travis Kelsey. It's like so easy. It's, it, it's, it's gonna so be that good. inside flip play. It's stupid. He runs one route and he's so good at it. All right, Mahomes over and under 327 and a half yards. I think he overs like 315 per game this season. So I'm gonna take the over on that. Okay, Kevin. Uh, 316 and a half to be precise. And we go. yes, taking it over. Eric, uh, it's the Super Bowl. Uh, Bruce Arians is going to adjust his funny cap. I'm going under. All right, I'm going over as well. I just think that they they're going to air it out a little bit. There'll be points in this game. Kelsey over and over or under 97 and a half yards. That was uh, the receiver one that I thought was most interesting because it's kind of a lot. I'm going to hit over just because he's so like crucial that team and he's really good. Kevin. Just. Yeah. Oh, what were you gonna say, Gus? And I no, I was just gonna say like that. You can't really like he's gonna go over. He's one of Mahomes' favorite targets, and he's just unguardable sometimes. Kevin, uh, I'm also gonna go over. And my big thing here is Todd Bowles is gonna be blitz happy, and so he's gonna hot read it to Kelsey to kind of duck the blitz on that short passing game. Eric, and I don't see this at all. Uh, I think someone could go for ninety, but it won't be Kelsey. And I'm sticking with my narrative that uh, it's it's gonna be a little tighter that way. So, All right, I'm going yeah. over Brady over under 24 and a half completions. Uh, I'm going to hit the over on that because I think he averages around like 23 something a game. Kevin. Um, oh, that's really a good number. Uh-huh. That's why I picked it. Yeah. Vegas. Vegas is good at setting up gambling. Line. Bunch <laughs> they're, of they're doing their job. Yeah. I hate it. Um, I'm going to go over because I think this is going to be pointsy and I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of plays. Eric. 
I think it's going to be over because of what Tom Brady can do, but also this is going to be a Tom Brady-centric game, at least on the Tampa Bay side. Well, I feel like I want to pick under just so we can actually uh, have a reason to keep track of it. So, uh, you know what? Screw it. I don't care that much. All right, roughing, roughing the passer. Will there be a roughing the passer penalty in this game? Yes, plus 125. No, minus 165. Uh, I think there will be, and I'm willing to bet that it's going to be Frank Clark that does pass interference against uh, oh, Tom no. Brady. Oh, he's, he's just going to do dirty hit Frank Clark. Yeah. Oh, no. All right, Kevin. I'm going yes, because if someone breathes in the general vicinity of Tom Brady, it's roughing. Eric? Yeah, I also see roughing the passer. Maybe even twice. Nope, no, for, no big no for me. Uh, all right, longest touchdown of the game will be over or under 45 and a half yards. I'm going to say under on this one. All right, Kevin. Uh, I'm going over. Again, Todd Bowles is blitzing. I think someone's going to get loose behind the defense. These are big play offenses, too. They can both generate big plays. It's kind of it's it's, it's crazy. 45 and a half is pretty long, though. Yep. You know, that's like that's the thing. Eric, uh, big play offenses, but also it's a Super Bowl. There's there's one play that's going to be crazy. And so, yeah, I'll go over. I'll take over as well. Most player in the game with the most tackles plus assisted tackles. Oh, I mean, I'm going to just go Devin White because he's not on every single play. <laughs> Kevin. Are they counting missed tackles too? Because that's definitely Devin White. <laughs> um, sorry. That was, that oh, was Kevin, Kevin um, got me. Uh, yeah, that's okay. So if I'm not going to go Devin White, I would probably go with Levante David. So I'm going to go Levante David on this one. Eric? Uh, honestly, like, <laughs> I don't want to say it now. Devin White. It just felt. It felt like the safe the safe bet, and then Kevin said that, but I, I got to stick to my terrible gun. Apparently, I'll be honest. I only picked this. I only picked this one as an excuse to pick Devin White, and then just rub it in that I have him on my on our in our dynasty league. All right, um, so take that. I got Devin yeah, White. Devin White's very very uh, fantasy good. Very good in fantasy football. Oh my goodness! All right, uh, pr- pretty good in real life. Not as good as he is in fantasy football, though. He was like literally the like the fourth best player in the league. A to A plus fantasy football. He was an S tier fantasy football player. He scored like sixty points one week because he had like twelve tackles, three sacks, two two tackles, uh, a deflection. For yeah, yeah. He started doing negative points for missed tackles. <laughs> All right, first first missed field goal. Left, right, or short? Left and right are both plus 110. Short is plus 400. Uh, if there's no missed field goal, you wash the bet. You get your money You get your money back. Okay. Uh, Augustine. I'm going to the left. left. Not going to go for short? No, it's not going to happen short. <laughs> oh, short? short? That's an if it hits the crossbar, it counts as short, by the way. If it's but what if it hits the left post and then the crossbar? And that's, that's, uh, that's left, I think. Okay. Yeah, left. All right, I believe these are both right-footed kickers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, was, that was my same logic as well. I just feel like they'll kind of hook it to the left. Uh, so I'm going to go left because I think they're more likely to fade it than to, than to uh, pull it. They're going to be trying not to pull it. Kevin is such a stats guy to point out that they're both right-handed. <laughs> right, right-footed kickers was just like the dumbest non-stat I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose right because it's arbitrary. All right, I'm choosing short because I just want to have short. I want to be on that corner because it'll be funny. So funny if it happened. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll be laughing. All right, uh, 
right, we're down to weird bets. And of course, we got to start with the one that that hits right at the beginning of the game. That's the coin toss. The best the best odds in sports, minus 101 on both sides. You get you get basically get even money on this bet. Augustine, heads or tails? I've I've talked to Geno Smith. He says tails. I'm going tails. All right, Kevin. Uh, Augustine definitely took my Geno Smith joke. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Eric. Yeah, uh, heads. Why not? It's I'm a year on, of heads. I'm with Eric. I'm, I'm on heads too. Uh, the anthem length over under 159, but under is getting hammered. Under minus 145, over plus 105. Best part about this anthem, it's a duet between two people who have never met before. Uh, <laughs> So, so they were like, we didn't know each other till they just put us together for this national anthem. I'm like, what? What are they? Okay. Are they practiced it together? They, yeah, they were gonna. They're gonna do a run through before. Oh, no, they're actually doing it on Zoom. No, yeah, it's no kidding. Gonna, it's possible. It's gonna be like, um, what was that? Um, O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly. We're doing it live. Uh, <laughs> all right, Augustine, anthem length over or under. I'm going over just because that's where the money is. Get the, 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 the big. All right, Kevin. I'm going under. It's getting hammered for a reason. Eric, I'll go over because I like the fact that they've never really met before. So you know, there's I can't wait unless these like looked into their average. Lots of egos that they've they're gonna want to do their a yeah yeahs enough. So yeah, over. So for me, like I'm I'm picking under for like almost that exact reason, Eric, is because you're not doing it by yourself. You can't really improvise and buff up the length. So I'm going under. You're gonna find a way, bro. Um, all right, songs during the halftime show over on over or under eight different songs saying. Uh, under is two hundred and under is plus one fifty. By the way, so you get odds if you go under. The weekend just has too many popular songs to not do a lot of them, so I'm gonna go over. Kevin, uh, what happens if he does like uh, uh, one of those exactly. mashups? Oh yeah, that's two songs. songs. Yeah, it's how many unique songs? I'm going over. Be? Yeah. Eric? I'm going over because it's an extra long show. The weekend's got so many hooks. Augustine said so many jams. Yeah, over. I'm over too. Uh, that one apparently uh, picked picked wrong. All right, the weekend's first song. Uh, you know, I got I got some odds here. Um, well, one thing is I had to pull these from different sites, so sometimes I you'll see that these are British odds because I got it from a British site uh, or or European style odds. So, all right, uh, Augustine, which songs you gonna sing first? I think Starboy has the best intro, so I'm going Starboy. Yeah. Starboy's three to one. I like that one as well. All right, Kevin. Uh, yeah, Starboy was what I was thinking because I feel like a couple of the other favorites are more like Enders. They're gonna yeah. get played though. Eric, yeah, it's uh, it's probably Starboy because it's it's newer. If if I had to be different, I'd do the uh, the one from 2015 that got put him on the map. What was that song? I'm doing. I'm doing. Can't feel my face. Yeah, that's that uh, was that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. That's also three to one. Blinding Lights is nine to five. Save Your Tears is two to one. Pray for Me is five to two. Those are the the newer songs. I think Blinding Lights, Blinding Lights is a good safe pick. And I'm surprised no one took it because it it is like the song right now. Yeah, that's everyone, that's that's everyone, the crown of the show though. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. he'll close with that though. I just have a feeling. All right, anyway, color of the Gatorade, <laughs> Augustine. <laughs> Let's go purple. Purple plus three plus thirteen hundred. Just the crazy odds on that one. Kevin, I'm going with clear slash water. Yeah, clear slash water. Awesome, Eric. I'm going red. You're going Sorry. red. Oh, yeah, they're both red teams. They are both red teams. That's why red. Actually, has the, 
Actually, I'll go orange if I could change mine as well. All right, orange plus one sixty-five. Here we go, Eric. Now, now we're fighting over Gatorade colors. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Uh, I'm going yellow because I feel the Chiefs are going to win, and it's just going to be yellow. And Bruce Arians is petty enough to be like, "Ah, we're doing orange because that's our original color, and they're going to lose." Yellow, yellow, lime, and green. You get them all. I'm going clear slash water. I actually, uh, I actually really like clear slash water. I think it's sneaky in these. all right, MVP speech. Who will we mention first? Teammates, God, city, coach, owner, family, or family members, or literally anything else? Uh, Augustine. I think the MVP is going to kiss his family on the lips and then thank them for all the things they do for him. Family. All right. Yeah, Tom Brady. You so you have Tom Brady for the MVP then? Is what you're saying? Oh yes. Touchdown, Tom. Tampa Bay. Kevin. Uh, I'm going. So if it does not mention any of the above, that means that like something yes. else gets mentioned first or none of those get mentioned the entire time. No, he, none of those get mentioned first. So if he says like, okay. I'm going to Disneyland is the first thing he says. Although the odds on him, um, the MVP saying Disney was really bad. Like it was like, no was like minus 500. So apparently that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because I assume that if Mahomes wins, that he's going to think catch up first. Oh, so <laughs> that's not no, on he's, there. He's gonna think State Farm. Uh, he's gonna think State Farm. I'm gonna go with uh, but Jake. But Jake counts as family or family members. So yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, teammates. <laughs> teammates. Uh, I think teammates, teammates is, is teammates is only minus one fifty, but because I think it's it's the one that that it gets pounded every year. every year. Teammates is first, pretty much. Yep. So uh, Eric, uh, Kurt Warner and Russell Wilson not in the Super Bowl, so it's not gonna be God. I'm saying family. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, with I'm gonna uh, I wanted to go family because I like the odds, but I'm gonna go with teammates too. Especially because two of you took family. All right, puppy bowl, team fluff versus team rough. Team fluff plus one hundred, team rough minus one forty. I do not understand why there's why there's any movement on this line past like minus one ten, minus one ten. But here we are, fluff or rough, Augustine. I think fluff have put up a good season so far, and I think they're just the underdogs here. So I'm really just gonna hammer the fluff. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> You know, uh, Team Rough has shown the kind of grit that you look for in one of these uh, contests, and I think that's why they're getting pounded as a favorite. But, you know, Team Fluff in this protected league where quarterbacks can do pretty much anything, I think they have the advantage. I'm going Fluff. Eric? i got to be the tiebreaker here. I'm going Team Rough because you think this is arbitrary, and it is, but... (laughs) that's it that's the end i'm going i'm going rough as well but for a different reason i think there's some there's some inside cooking here you know i think rough has gotten in the back pockets of the league they the refs are going to be a big part of this game and i could totally see fluff getting a couple flags that really turn momentum towards team rough and that's why the odds are in their favor there's a little there's a little uh shenanigans here and i don't like it will there be a star wars commercial yes or no yes my plus 150 no minus 200 i'm gonna say no Kevin. So this is any commercial that uses Star Wars? Yep. Well, no, a Star Wars commercial. So it has to be like Star Wars forward. If it's just like they put a lightsaber in a lace commercial, that's not a Star Wars commercial, I don't think. Okay. Um, so it has to be for like a movie, a TV show, something like that. Yeah, any or it could be even like they do like the new the new area of Disneyland. They do a Star Wars universe. I'm commercial gonna go that, yes. That just yeah. kind of shows off all of their Star Wars. I'm gonna go properties. yes. I think Disney is gonna um, have a uh, Disney Plus um, commercial. commercial Star Wars centric. Yeah, that would be very Star Wars centric. Uh, Eric, uh, this is a big no because Disney Plus. It's the year of Marvel. Every uh, 
there's like two weeks or three weeks between shows and they're all Marvel until we get the bad batch. So I got no. All right. And Azar Bush has four beer ads, uh, four different brands that they are marketing in the Super Bowl with commercials. They have Bud Light, which has multiple commercials, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade and Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Uh, which one will be the first brand commercial that gets run? Jeez. It's going to be the Bud Night. Bud Night, Bud Light. All right. Uh, it's, it's the, it's the way, what do they say? It's like the real key to a, I don't know. Bud Light is garbage. I don't know. It is. Uh, if I want to uh, drink like a light flavorless beer, just give me a, give me a Rainier. It's my you know? third favorite water. Give me a, give me an, uh, give me an, uh, what's a, a PBR. I don't need a, I don't need a Bud yeah. Light. Bud Rolling Light. Rock. Rolling Rock. Sure. If I want flavorless <laughs> garbage. I want flavorless garbage in a green bottle. Uh, yeah. you know like what what really is uh is the question around that product other than like what if water somehow just went bad it's just it's wheat water is what it is yeah it's not is good it there's no wheat in there Augustine, you're canadian yeah. correct? correct yes what is the what is the like generic like low cost low cost but not garbage beer in canada uh it would be like did you say labats yeah it's Labatt. that it's- that's old school that that used to be it but now i think it's more like Wilson. Coors or canadian uh yeah okay Okay. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Kevin, what did you what do you got here? In honor of Eric, I wanted to do the uh, uh, Bud Light Clamello. Clamato. Chalada. Chalada. Whatever that thing's called, with a with a uh, tomato juice and. The odds on Bud Light. The odds on Bud Light kind of suck. Like they're not good because. But uh, I'm gonna like, go the Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer because for some reason. Uh, like crappy seltzers are a big deal right now, and I get better odds on that than the. Well, sometimes seltzer. you need your garbage water, alcoholic water, to have bubbles in it. Okay. Uh, all right, Eric. Static water. It's nice. In a year where Cobra Kai has been on everyone's mind, they're stupid if they don't do Coors Banquet. So I'm uh, I'm putting Coors Banquet out there. You, you, it's uh, Coors Banquet is owned by Coors. Yeah. It's is Michelob is Michelob oh Michelob is Anheuser Busch. I don't Bush. know my beers. You know I don't like beer. Fine. Budweiser, <laughs> straight up. Who Bud cares? Light. We're going Bud Light then because they, they didn't. There's no Budweiser commercials. Bud Dry. Bud Dry. Is that still a thing? No. Bud, Bud, Bud Light. Bud, Bud Heavy. I'm just going regular Michelob Ultra. All right. Uh, DoorDash is doing a commercial with the characters of Jim Henson. Which character will appear first? Grover, Cookie Monster, Kermit the Frog, Big Bird, Elmo, Oscar the Grouch, Ernie, Bert, Rosita, Count Von Count, Abby Cadabby, or Snuffleupagus. I read those in the order of the odds from best odds to worst odds. All right, uh, Augustine, who do you think? I don't think they'll be able to help themselves and they'll do Kermit the Frog solely because of Patrick Mahomes' voice. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. Uh, Kevin. All right, so uh, Kermit's like big ticket, hmm. but I think I'm going with Cookie Monster here because he's food centric. Yeah, that's a, that is the reason to pick Cookie Monster, Eric. You need to start on the star to remind everyone who brings them all together. Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy's not on the sheet. I not hate on the odd sheet. So much. I literally, I literally read all the names that you could pick I, from. Uh, Cookie Monster. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Okay. I also said they're, so they're so wrong on these. They're so wrong on these. No, because I looked it over and then I closed it. Uh, <laughs> Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. You're going Cookie Monster. I'm going Grover because I think it's going to be like a Grover centric commercial. Like Grover's having a panic attack and he wants to order some food and then other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because you know how Grover has like oh, crazy, 
crazy anxiety and it's like he is like a 2021 character like grover is just so anxious and he makes it makes me anxious just thinking about hey nathan nathan what about super grover super grover maybe at the end of the commercial he turns into super grover uh delivers the food i think the sneaky pick is is oscar the grouch by the way six to one um that's kind of the the sneaky money all right what kind of trash do i want to have delivered to me yeah yeah exactly I don't think he's a good opener, though, is the problem. Okay. There are many ways to support the great transition again. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to only12s.com and for as little as $1.24 a month, get access to our Patreon podcast with uh, Live the Magic of the Regular Season, relive all of our episodes and our holiday special coming soon. Uh, okay. What well, holiday's coming up? Think about it. All right. <laughs> Uh, go to only12s.com, click anywhere on the screen. It'll take you to our Patreon page. Lucas, Greta, Ryan, Cooper, James, Brett, Carrie, Tom, Sam, Brandon, Nick, Thomas, Charles, Foles, EB, Emmanuel, Jay, Warwolf, Bob, Richard, Karen, Mike, Flocktimus, Keith, and Michelle. Thank you guys for supporting the show and everyone who's on the Patreon. Um, oh, yeah, join the Discord. I'm going to start giving away some prizes again. Uh, when I see a cool Seahawks product, I just can't help but give it away. So, so uh, yeah, make sure to join the Discord and hit the hit that that a uh, little party popper on the the giveaway posts all right uh you guys ready for a movie club mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, oh Augustine, Augustine how familiar by the way how familiar are familiar are you with american holidays did you figure out what holiday the holiday special is for yet uh wait for what holiday no i'm not familiar yeah, I was gonna say I don't think you'll I don't think you'll know even know what holiday it is. That's that's the best part. All right, so uh, we for a movie club today. Augustin is uh, is young. He's a young man. He has his whole life ahead of him. He young hasn't man. seen he hasn't seen a lot of uh, movies from the uh, '80s and early '90s. And so what we thought today would be fun to do is to uh, give him some suggestions from from back in the day. You know, from the uh, the olden times, uh, movies that would be fun to watch. If, uh, if, if I was in my 20s and I was in college, you know, what movies would be fun to watch with a few beers in my hand uh, with some friends um, or maybe even over Zoom, you know, you, you stream it together. What movies would be a, a laugh to have together? So, Kevin, lead us off. You're picking a classic. What movie should Augustine watch? All right, I'm going to reach deep into the annals of the Seahawks Nest Movie Club to one of the first movies that we ever did. The first movie we ever did. This That's is right. the first movie club movie. That's because right. it's really it's it's just it's it's a lifestyle is what it is um augustine how do you feel about true stories love them love a good <laughs> nice true story okay this is i a- have a movie that is the true story of an american ninja 100 percent and i know that a- the tagline of the movie is the this true is story a bio- of biopic <laughs> this is a biopic bio okay it is not it is not a uh it is not fake and when you watch it just keep that in the back of your head that there is a guy who says that everything in this movie actually happened everything okay Every single thing. And when you're watching it, you'll be like, wow. Yes. Every single thing in this movie actually happened. 100%. Yes. Every single thing. Uh, this is the 1988 gem, Bloodsport. Uh, for those of you who follow the podcast, for those of you who don't follow the podcast, but like tuned in for this for no reason, I don't really care. Either way, no matter who you are, you should know that this is one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, John claude Van Damme plays uh, the venerable Frank Dukes. Um, who is a martial arts expert and U.S. soldier. US, he's is, a U.S. Army captain who does not speak very good English. He does not speak very good English at all. <laughs> but he is Frank Dukes. And he cheekily escapes his army duties in order to fight in the Hong Kong Kumite, um, which is a secret, violent, underground martial arts tournament. And he is doing it 
in order to honor his um, semi-adopted kind of brother who's dead and their father who's not really his father. It's very important. And he makes it all the way over there. And him and a guy who has a uh, short-lived character in the 90s sitcom Step by Step, uh, Donald Gibb, who plays Ray Jackson, um, are two Americans that are fighting in this tournament. Uh, Forrest Whitaker and uh, what's Norman Burton is the other guy. Forrest Whitaker um, in his finest role, yeah. probably. For- Forrest Whitaker and Norman Burton play like uh, guys who are trying to track down and arrest Frank Dukes. Yeah, they're like the MPs that are trying to track him down, and they have several Bugs Bunny chase scenes. Yeah, uh, the, the chase scenes in this movie are hilarious because like uh, Frank Dukes, John claude Van Damme will be running away, and then he'll like do a pose for some reason, and like it's just so they're so corny, and then. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker's like falling all over himself trying to catch him, and it's like it's so it's, dumb. But it all happened for real. This is it's real. All, it's all real things that happened. Yeah, this is real. There's nothing Frank Dukes will say to the date till the day he dies. This was a this is a true story. Uh, Bolo Young plays Chong Lee, who is one of the all time greatest villains in a martial arts movie. Uh, absolutely awesome villain. Uh, he's actually a bodybuilder in real life, so he's absolutely ripped yeah, he's and stacked. Uh, he's an Edge of the Dragon too, another classic martial arts film. Yep. And uh, he and so he plays Chong Lee, who's like the undefeated murder everybody in the face uh, martial artist of the tournament that Frank Dukes has to be able to defeat. Um, the the big thing is the fight scenes of this are really good, really entertaining. Okay. Uh, the music is really fun. Like stupid, the sound yeah. in general is very enjoyable. The flash scenes are everything you could possibly want in an over-the-top stupid cheat. What I thought was really impressive was they managed to uh, dub in just as broken of English for uh, uh, Frank Dukes' childhood as when he's an adult. So apparently from the age of nine on, didn't gain any additional uh, ability to speak English clearly. So that's that's a thing. So so, um, So many stupid things happen in this movie. Uh, like, like when um they won't let him into the Kumite, but then Frank Dukes does the death touch, and they're yes. like, oh, oh no, he's in the he's in the Kumite, the death touch. That yeah, because it proves that he was uh, his master's uh, pupil. Um, and then yeah, like that 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 Ray Jackson character is pretty great too, uh, with the with the with him tying the bandana onto his leg and stuff. Yes. Oh man. Oh yeah, That's yeah. Cool. If you want somebody fighting for the vengeance of their fallen comrade, this is a movie for you, man. And then um, here's here's the co-writer. Here's what he said. He said, I had known Frank Dukes for a number of months before I came up with the idea for Bloodsport. Frank, Frank told me a lot of tall tales, most of which turned out to be bullshit. But his stories about <laughs> participating in this so-called Kumite event sounded like a great idea for a movie. There was one guy he introduced me to named Richard Bender who claimed to have actually been at the Kumite event and who swore everything Frank told me was true. A few years later, this guy had a falling out with Frank and confessed to me that everything he told me about the Kumite was a lie, and Frank had coached him in what to say. <laughs> so, what a friend! Uh, in or out for Bloodsport? I, I'm in, and I, I just did a Google while you were while you were speaking on it, and I found out Frank Dukes is actually Canadian, so that's extra reason why I'm in. Uh, and, he also uh, has a small bowling trophy in his strip mall <laughs> martial arts studio that he claims he got for the Kumite. There you go. So I'm I'm in. I'll watch also, it. Also, he was in the Marine Corps Reserve, which is a he was he wasn't a U.S. Army captain. So we could start right off the top with. They the, weren't with sending the Whitaker after him. That's oh, for sure. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Frank. Uh, he was not, he back, was not, Frank. he claims to have gotten the Medal of Honor, but actually didn't. Let's just, okay, wait, there's so much wrong with Frank Dukes, but anyway. Wait, real uh, quick, uh, real quick, is, the reason why the MPs are chasing him down is because they forbid him to go to the Kumite because he was too valuable to the American military. Oh, yeah, they needed him back. <laughs> he's, he's, like, a, he's a valuable asset. Weapon for the entire U.S. military, and therefore they couldn't risk his health at the Kumite. All right, Kev or Eric, what what you got? All right, so I would like to propose uh, one of my all-time favorite movies from 1988. Uh, this this actually we're we're about ten day ten days away from the quick math thirty four year anniversary. <laughs> oh, <Jesus laughs> Yeah, I always celebrate the 34. So I, I mean, just well, last I mean, November, I celebrated my 34 year anniversary of being born. Next so. year, the big three four. Next year, we'll get to the you know the fives because that's where it counts. Anyway, Carl Weathers classic is Action Jackson. Now, Augustine, I don't know how you feel about movies about cops, maybe uh, police officers who are rogue, a little, a little more. Uh, Someone outside Eric, I don't, the box. I don't remember this movie that well. Does someone ask someone for their gun and their badge in this movie? Of course. Uh, Action Jackson gets his gun and badge taken away, in fact. Do you like female stars that only go by one name? No. Yes, of course. Hey, fun yeah. fact. Fun fact. Um, female star of this movie, Vanity, is also the female star of my movie. <laughs> see, look at that. And you get to see uh, when, when you get to see Vanity in this movie. It's, uh, you know, when she's already done the drugs, uh, she's okay with nudity. Uh, let me ask you, Augustine, do you like nonstop action? Who doesn't? Do you like movies that don't really have to worry too much about a plot? Yeah, those are the best. Just turn your brain off and watch. There you go. And, uh, you know, sex predators are no good. So uh, do you like cops who uh, broke their own laws uh, basically maiming a sex predator, which basically got them demoted, but it doesn't matter because he stands on the side of what was right? Yes, I prefer my sex predators to be maimed. Boom. See, I'm just steering Augustine right into the wheelhouse of Action Jackson. Uh, like character actor Branscombe Richmond, who played the Native American uh, uh, father-in-law of uh, Lorenzo Lamas in the 90s TV show Renegade. Oh anyway. my gosh, you went... <laughs> Why, why would you, you just say? Why would you just say Sharon Stone is in this movie? Uh, I'm, oh, I'm oh, Sharon there. Stone's in the movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. sold. This is it. There Sorry, I noticed the name and I was like, wait a minute, I know who that guy is. Wait a minute, that's the so dude. Here's the, here's the thing. I, here's a question I have for you about this movie, Eric. It's I enjoy this movie also. Herbie Hancock did the music. It's great. <laughs> but do you think they had Vanity play a heroin addict in this movie so she wouldn't have to act? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how it's a vehicle for her music. But the best thing about this movie for me, like little things are funny. So it was filmed in Detroit before Detroit imploded in on itself with the the auto industry just being shipped out of country. So you watch Action Jackson and you're like, wow, this is a metropolis. Where is this? Is this a New York? Because it looks like New York. looks like Chicago. No, it's Detroit before it died. So it's a little capsule in time of what Detroit once was. Just seeing that in the city was, as you're watching it, is pretty entertaining. Also, and Augustine won't know this, <laughs> there's a there's an 80s sitcom, 90s sitcom called Coach with Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> and somehow Craig T. Nelson is the villain 
the very nefarious uh oh damn what's his name i don't even have i don't have the wikipedia open or anything because peter delaplane peter delaplane peter delaplane thank you kevin oh yes don't have to didn't have to look anything up i love craig t nelson yeah but uh i'm just gonna spoil it for you uh they get into a kung fu fight at the end uh carl weathers and craig t nelson and it's oddly believable augustine watch this movie i'll buy it for you if you need me to uh, so for the thing as I, I I feel bad now for making fun of vanity because you know rest in she's peace she's passed and she, and also she really turned her life around in like the mid 90s and so you know you, you shouldn't make fun of uh, good for her uh, my movie also stars my movie also stars vanity 1985 it has another one name actor Ty Mac okay and it is the last dragon uh, the, the last dragon is set in New York City it follows a uh, young burgeoning martial artist who goes by the name of bruce leroy he wants to be bruce lee <laughs> and he's and he learns that in the final level when you when you reach the pinnacle of martial arts you will get the glow what's the glow you ask uh you start glowing and then you can fight <laughs> fight real good uh so he he um he goes on a like a, a spiritual so he goes on a spiritual journey he's gonna find the glow he needs to become the last dragon and and become the glow he meets another martial artist He's the master, the Shogun of Harlem, Shonuf. And um, there's this part in the movie that's really great where Shonuf's in the, who's the master? And everyone goes, Shonuf. So, so uh, Shonuf is uh, the master. And he has, you know, he gets in, a bunch of stuff happens, uh, all this stuff. But at the end of the movie, you know, he's fighting Shonuf. And Shonuf's got the glow, man. Shonuf, is, his glow is red. And he's, he's like, he's beating him up. And, you know, it, the question is, can Bruce Leroy, really, can he become the last dragon? And uh, harness the power of the glow. And I'll just tell you, there's a song playing the whole time that will tell you exactly what's happening. That's my favorite part about the movie is the soundtrack often sings exactly what's happening in the movie, uh, which is funny to me. And uh, it's just it's it's silly and stupid. And it's probably the corniest of all of these movies and the most has the most B movie sensibility of any of these. And uh, well, Barry Gordy is uh, is is heavily involved. And that's that's always great. So. Yeah, I recommend everyone to watch the last, the last dragon. I like how it's billed as Barry Gordy's "The Last Dragon." <laughs> it is. He's the Barry producer. Gordy. He didn't write it. He didn't direct it. But it's his. It's Barry Gordy's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's very New York, like it's very New York centric. Uh, also, here's the list of actors they considered for the role of Leroy Green before they went with Ty Mac. Okay, <laughs> Billy Blanks, which is the funniest one, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, Denzel Washington, and Mario Van Peebles. What I like is that they, sh- then. they shot both very high and very low <laughs> with that list of actors. You know, could could we get Larry Fishburne? Maybe. Oh, but what about Billy Blanks? The- <laughs> we got to remember Which- with Larry Fishburne that was back in the Cowboy Curtis days. I forget all the time too. Yeah. Billy Blanks was in like Lionheart and like Tango and Cash. By the way, Tango Cash garbage movie, but uh, was he really? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, he's like plays like a, a B character. One of my favorite things to do is like in those '80s action movies that Billy Blanks in is try to figure out like what six seconds of the movie he's going to be in. Oh, I you totally know? forgot so, William H Macy is in this. So when you're watching like the Last Boy Scout, like when is Billy Blanks going to appear on screen? Is a fun, fun thing to do. <laughs> oh yeah, William H Macy is in this barely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's solid. It's a fun movie. Uh, the, all the scenes with Shonuf are great. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Shonuf, the master. You're the man. So there you go. Uh, there it is. Watch, watch the last dragon. 
I'm going to watch all three and I will put a detailed review in the Discord. So that, so be, be waiting for that. And then all you people not in the Discord and not on the Patreon, you better sign up to, to get yeah. the review. The, the thing is, uh, one another van- fun vanity fact that I like is I always thought it was interesting. Is that she was supposed to be in uh, in Purple Rain, you know, it was, instead of Apollonia, it was supposed to be Vanity. But uh, her and Prince had the big falling out. I wonder what, what could have been Purple Rain already like such a great movie. Who, who do you think would have done better, Vanity or Apollonia? Eric? Uh, man, I've just always been a Vanity fan. That's a really tough question because... I think I'm. I think I'm on Team Vanity for yeah, this one just, too. I mean, I get Purple's it. Like, and Purple also, Rain. Matt Vanity's but. Vanity's also Canadian. Just so you know. Oh, perfect. That's why I picked it. That's why I picked. Uh, it. Real quick thing. Uh, show enough. Julius Carey, the guy who played Show. Uh, show enough. Um, also on one of my childhood favorite TV shows, The Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Oh. oh. Show enough. Show enough. The master is a uh, man. Just just so great. He's on a lot of TV shows. He's like one of those guys who's been in like. Every single TV show he's in. He played jacked. a guy named Lord Bowler. Episodes of Boy Meets World, you know, like he's in just yeah. a, ton of, a ton of stuff. Uh, all right. Oh, and also Doctor Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. All right, for Kevin, for Eric, for Augustine. We'll see you guys next week. Go Hawks. <laughs>